was I a one-hit wonder? Like, was this just a one-time thing that, you know, will not happen again? And I dropped out of law school to take a job at Google because I thought I'd climb that way. And then I quit Google to go to Silicon Valley to start the evolution. And, you know, it was all very just unconventional. Was there a day along the evolution journey that you realised that you fell out of love with it? I'm 27, I've got everything I ever dreamed of. Why am I A, so lonely and B, why is it so empty? I'd give it all up to find love. I would give up everything I've got just to find love. What do you think would be your hardest day in business? The day I decided to leave. It was literally like a breakup and, you know, there's highs and lows throughout all that process, but coming out of a business for eight years that I started when I was, you know, a kid, I started when I was 21 years old, I had to relearn essentially the workplace and overall I was just not ready, but ready, you know what I mean? Hi, my name's Jade Spooner and this is Life, Money and Love. We're back. Honestly, we have a banger today, a legend of a guest. We know everyone loves all the business podcasts and this chick is an absolute legend. Jade Spooner. Um, she's done incredible things already at such a young age. She's a Forbes 30 under 30 lister. So congratulations Thank on that. <laughs> Co-founder of Equolution, a business her and a business partner grew to eight figure valuation. Um, and then recently exited that business, did a lot of consulting and you started a new business, Big Appetite, which is, I'll let you kind of explain what it does, but which is a really cool, exciting new venture. First of all, welcome to Life, Money and Love. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thanks for that kind intro. Do my best. Do my best. <laughs> um, so Jade, where I want to start yeah. with you, obviously you've done so much. You've talked about equilution a million times. I do want to get to to that and that big journey because it's such a big part of what you, who yep. you are, what you've learned through business. But I want to kind of start with the end in mind and start by focusing on big appetite because I'm yeah. really interested about what this new new business is what it was born from and kind of like what you guys are doing. I can obviously see where I think it comes from, yep. but I'd be really interested if you could let us know, first of all, what it is and what led you to, to creating this new business. Yep. Well, I think Equolution really put me, I guess, on the map yeah. when, it, when it comes to business, but I personally feel like my biggest years have probably been in the last one to two that I have the last 12 months stepping mm -hmm. away from Equolution and the exit and everything and then starting Big Appetite because nothing <laughs> can prepare you for a startup yeah. like a startup, you know? Yeah. Like you just get thrown in the deep end. Like I was even on the way here, I was in the car and I was, I was on the phone to my sister. I'm like, I'm just tired. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just tired, you know? So a startup is just like a completely different world. But like all startups, it was – well, most startups, it was an accident. Like it was yeah. birthed from just uh, seeing a product market fit essentially. Um, so I was in a bit of a transition period with the exit of Equolution. So I had resigned as an employee, but I was still a technical director. Yeah, yeah. So my involvement with the company on a day-to-day -day basis was limited, if any. Um, and then it was just like sort of high level decision overview. Um, and then really just focusing on um, the getting acquired essentially, yeah, the, yeah. getting the business acquired. So I was consulting on the side because I, I couldn't do nothing from both a practical sense and <laughs> yeah. also just me as an individual. Um, and so I was just consulting one-on-one. -on -one. I knew full well it was not scalable. Like yeah. I knew it was re fully reliant on me as an individual giving our consults for a sum, you know, and I, yeah. as much as you could make a living off it, like – I loved it to a degree, but I, I want to do something that touches more. Yeah. People. You need to see the longevity to keep you going, yeah. right? Like there needs to be something you can build on rather than just like, you what sure you can up your prices, but what's that really going to yeah, achieve? You in no, the nothing really. And you're one human and you kind of work out essentially your ceiling and yeah, your cap yeah. when it comes to, you know, one-on-one -on -one business consulting. And, yeah. and I knew that all from the start, but 
in um, December, I met my now business partner, Jenna, at yeah. a party. <laughs> and as you, do, as you do, I was not keeping my eyes out for business propositions or anything <laughs> yeah. like that, but we just sort of stumbled across each other. I'd, I'd followed her for quite a few years. Yeah. And um, she had started this course called the fitness business strategy and essentially I did find myself attracting a lot of online coaches and and personal trainers and I was pretty vocal about the fact that in the tech space that's the 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 path that I will go down next in creation of a product is tech um for fitness professionals and um yeah I knew that Jenna had done this fitness business strategy she did exceptionally well like she was doing six figures a month yeah. from the get-go, like wow. from the very, very start. Um, and basically it was an automated course. And yeah. when we looked under the bonnet of that content, it was very much how I was teaching and how I structured my own consulting sort of thing. And and we just sort of thought of the power of, you know, two brains, one goal is better than the individual on their own. And um, we formulated a program which was a combination of essentially what I had been doing on a consulting front and her fitness business strategy and we called it an accelerator program. Yeah. So from that, Big Appetite was born with its very first service and essentially it's a combination of uh, marketing assistance and tech and development in yeah. one agency. So we essentially equip a founder with not only tools on like a practical sense in terms of your branding, your marketing material, um, templates, uh, email marketing, all that kind of stuff, um, but we also coach them along yeah. along the way. Way, and we build all their back-end platforms as well from website to client portals um, and essentially streamline what a lot of, you know, PTs, online coaches and most um, professionals in service-based businesses do uh, very manually. Yeah, so you're really combining both of your experiences Everything. pretty much perfectly. In <laughs> yep, smashed it all together. The, the, the question I have is how do you – like where does, is this like a few wines deep you start chatting about the business already at the party or you just got along and then it kind of bloomed well, afterwards? to be totally honest with you, she was on my radar. Like yeah, I knew okay. exactly who she was. I knew exactly what she'd done. She knew who I was, and yeah. when you get two energies like that in a room, you you don't just talk about you just talk about business. You that's don't what you do. You yeah. can't talk about exactly. anything else, you know. So um, I think that's what happened. So we obviously were at a party, so we were drinking, and I was like, "You do what I do, and yeah, I like- do what you do," and you know, there was a bit of a bit of that. Um, but it was pretty soon after that I was like. Can you come over? I'd like to meet yeah. again and <laughs> yeah. um, and have a chat about something that I've yeah. got on my mind. And I said, let's partner. Yeah. And I said, I don't I don't have exactly a logical rollout for you mm-hmm. of what the next six, 12, 18 months is going to look mm-hmm. like, but I know it's going to work. So just trust me. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it's so important what you've done because I've thought about it a lot. I've done quite a bit of consulting mm. with with just like e-commerce Ecom. businesses and stuff like that. And and kind of the, the reason that I pulled away from the in, in that form is because because there wasn't like a set structure or program that you guys mm-hmm. have obviously built out. What I found was like the first call was always really amazing. I could add so right. much value because they don't know about all these things I can teach them. And that's great. But then after that, it became about, can you solve all my biggest problems? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Right. It's yep. like there needs to be something to take them through a process and then I can add value. But unless they're kind of at a certain level, it's like, I'm sure you get this talking about when you're vibing with someone on a similar level with like mindset or business, you can have a couple of wines and love talking about business, but sometimes like if it's not as enjoyable having those conversations with people that maybe don't understand everything it's you're so chatting true. about. Yep. So it's a different thing. My question was when you were consulting to, to like all these clients, mm. what did you notice was some of the common, uh, 
questions they wanted help with or areas of concern and then what was your advice to them for that? I think uh, building a community was yeah. a, ma a major sort of how do I even get people to put their eyes on my brand and I think we've been party to a really interesting culture in that you know, we, we, there's a lot of on overnight successes that are, are read about these days, and and I and you hear a lot of you know six figure months with ecom businesses and things yeah. like that, and a lot of founders that I don't think are naturally inherent founders wake up and think if they you know chuck twenty grand, thirty grand, forty grand into a business that they can turn that into you know, something that is got recurring revenue yeah. and a community and a brand mm -hmm. and, you know, have content that just flows from them and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really where passion needs to come into the equation as well. And it needs yes. to not just be about making money and, and, and it's important. Like it's important to, to have that as a, as a factor, because if what you're doing is not working, you won't make a dime, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but overall, I think the, the problem is, uh, people don't know how to build an audience and um, there's a disconnect from their why, why they started, yep. who they're doing this for and what they're actually doing. Mm. And then I also think as well there's that just lack of attachment to the realistic nature of running a business, which yeah. is that, you know, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it takes time and it takes a lot of effort, like you mm. said, but it's also not for everybody. And that's no. the thing. It's a common misconception because of brands like myself, like – we, we're one of the brands that like probably High Smile, like Elias, like yeah. some of these brands that had that ridiculous first year and then it sets the expectation of, oh, I can save up 20, 30 grand, yeah. come up with a, a product and it's just naturally going to be an overnight success. Yep. But that's the thing. We, there's a lot of it that comes down to a really good product, right timing and good marketing. But like to, to really continue to be successful four or five years down the track, there's so much hard work. And I've even yeah, realized yeah. something about myself and you have to be really self-aware I'm, I've realized that I would not want to be a CEO of a large company. Oh yeah. With yeah. like, you know, one, two, three, four, five hundred staff, because it's just not me. I would much yeah. rather be a founder of a company, be super involved in the nitty gritty for the first few years and then step back, hire someone that's way better than me to run the business. Yeah. And like you said, be involved in like some strategy and big decision-making levels, but it's not going to be for me. But I, I saw so many people that would come to me and they, um, their self-worth kind of gets down because they're, yep. they're not achieving what everyone else shares on online. Yeah, just, I agree. It's unrealistic expectations that get set, I feel, these days as well. Yeah, I agree. And you said something interesting then as well, which I totally resonate with, about being a founder versus being, say, a CEO. Yeah. Because quite often they're, they're coupled up and it's like it's mm -hmm. a married role. But overall, I do think they're different individuals. Like yep. it might be the yep. same role because someone has to wear a number of different hats, mm -hmm. but I think they're different human beings. And that was sort of something that I really quickly discovered when – I was in my transition out of the idea that I was going to be in evolution forever and yeah. into sort of more of a role of I think I'm an innovator, I think I'm yes. a visionary and I think I need to keep that momentum going. Yeah. My job at Equolution I see, I see is done, you know. And the next version of that business being scale up and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. and hundreds of staff, I'm like, I don't think that's for me. And it was it's really funny to to go from reaching for the stars to putting a ceiling on where you stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think it's about knowing exactly who you are as well, which is also something that's pretty new to founders as as well. You have to figure that that shit out along but, the way. But as well, like there, there comes a, a moment, at least for me anyway, where like uh, there's a bit of guilt involved. It's like, oh, yeah. am I not? Am I like taking the easy way out? Yeah. Should I be, you know, making myself do this? I'm so you know blessed to be in such a, a lucky yeah. position. Why wouldn't I want to do that? But 
it's just knowing yourself and, and trusting yourself and yeah, knowing great. what will make you happy is more important. And what, what you just said, you've gone, like, I think you actually went through the scale up phase. The phase that you guys yeah, would yeah. have been going on next is really, it's like, it's almost like you're getting into corporate land. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. let's get really big. big and structured and certain people thrive in that situation. Yeah. I was going to ask, you kind of answered it. Where do you sit on that? Where do you feel like your best mode is for the business? Like your new business partner, what what, what are kind of your roles in, in, in the new business? So it's, it's really funny because in my previous business, I was sales and marketing yeah. and Amal was um, real operations, finance based, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's reversed in this business. I'm very operations. Yeah. Like I look at, you know, P&L, I look at cost of acquisition. Yeah, I look, yeah. I look at, you know, our margins and all that kind of stuff. And it's something that I've never really been in touch with before, but it's something that I think is a learned skill. And I think I was simply just not in the position with my previous business to exercise that because essentially yeah. we had different roles. Um, as much as I love marketing and branding and I feel very, very strongly about it, I'm more of like an ideas person than I am like a strategy person. I yeah. prefer just like, I think we should do this because it aligns with that, you know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the on the spot kind kind of stuff, but now I'm very operations and customer journey. So when they get to this point in time, what information are we feeding them? How are we getting them to think outside this mm -hmm. box? How are we getting them to stay on with us, utilize this resource as an add-on, like all that kind of stuff that's involved in the journey. So it's like, it's our ops, you yeah. know? And, and these ideas that come to you, do you feel like you're more of an intuitive person or are you really heavy in market research and looking for opportunities or is it a balance between the two? Uh, I mean, I'm not unaware of what's happening around yeah. me and in spaces as well. I'm really heavy involved in the health and fitness industry, both in dealing with them as my, probably my target market, I would yeah. say in big appetite but more so just like my interest is there. So I look at coaches. I look at what yeah. coaches are doing, their campaigns, like what they're doing on a season-to-season -season basis, like how they're operating with systems and stuff. So there's definitely an awareness of the outside, but overall it's very intuitive. It was sort of yeah. something that – I don't know. I was just kind of born with that yeah, thing, yeah. with the creative side of things. Yeah. yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask is um, you spent eight years almost at Equilution. Yeah. The last, you know, five years started to become a big business with a large team. Yeah. How is it to now be back up in startup land with a very small team and everything is new? You're building from scratch versus I'm assuming potentially you'd get a little bit comfortable and we're a little yeah. bit in your comfort zone the last few years. Oh, it's humbling. It's yeah. very, very humbling. <laughs> Even just having gone through everything that I went through with the sale of my shares and yeah. whatnot, um, which was just a roller coaster, mm. still continuing. But yeah. overall, I think that the whole process was just like very grounding. A lot of my lifestyle did change by choice because, you know, I had more of a scarcity mindset. Whereas when I was at Equolution, everything was in abundance the help, yeah. the money, the clients, the community, everything was just like, it was just on, honestly on a, a, it was just on rotation. Like yeah. everything just was there. Um, and it didn't take a lot of, of sweat towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can make things happen. It's just, it's like, you know, starting a new business from nothing versus, versus starting a new business with a hundred thousand followers. Like yeah. talking to people can get you a result way more than yeah. trying to create the people to talk yeah. to in the first place. Yeah. And it's obviously different now you starting from the experience and oh, yeah. everything you've been able to build yeah. yourself from the start. But my, my other question I wanted to ask about yeah, regarding the startup phase mm. is what are we eight years on from, from there approximately? Mm. What, how is it different starting a business now versus then? Obviously the channels are different, but talk to me about how different the experience is now and what you're doing 
with this new business compared to what you did with Equilution back in the day? Well, I'm definitely more experienced now. So whereas, you know, I was a very lean startup back in the day in the, in the sense that it was a mile and I for four, five out of the eight years sort yeah. of thing, um, my first I- intuitive motive was just like go in, go hire someone yeah. quickly, yeah. do it real quick as you can afford it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my experience has led me to make different choices, but I think overall the, the space is really competitive. Like I'm seeing all sorts of things from business coaches on Instagram and social media and stuff now that I'm just like, you're not even, please do not get in the driver's seat of someone else's business and steer that vehicle. You know, like it's actually mind blowing. And it's funny because I resonate so much with how I used to feel about dud coaches back when I started Equolution. We facilitated science-based flexible dieting and there were coaches saying cut carbs, don't eat after 5 p.m., clean eating, all that kind of stuff. And I feel inherently the same passion that I did about my space in in, um, dieting as I do about business coaching because, you know, I I saw something on Instagram the other day. A, a, a woman was like, "If you're sad, your business will be sad. If your energy's off, your business's energy will be off." And like to a degree, yeah. But like, the just bizarre, bizarre things yeah. these days, you know. So, I think the space that I'm working in now is slowly becoming quite saturated. Mm. Um, and it's off the back end of, I think, people wanting to make a buck. Look, at the end of the day, I think every, even from five years ago when I started the business, I think everything's more saturated. Yeah, it's yeah, just like it is. The whole it's internet boom see, and e-com. Yeah, and it's mm. so one person sees it and, oh, yeah. they started the business. I want to be that. One yep. thing I have and I say to the team all the time, it makes me laugh but also in a way like it's kind of like – doesn't make me angry, but it's unfortunate that people get sucked into these things. It's like similar to what you were saying. I see people that sure. Okay. Just because you've made a couple hundred grand dropshipping, you should not be calling yourself a life coach or a business coach or any of this stuff. But the way people speak, they they put on this act of such confidence and they suck people in. I'm like, this guy barely can grow a beard and you're taking advice from an 18 year old about how you should structure your life and your relationships and your friendships and your business. Yeah, it's very much preying on, uh, on the vulnerable. And I think yeah. there's a lot of people that are super well-spoken and have done social media yeah. and been an influencer or, yeah. you know, in uh, the forefront of fitness businesses or whatnot for yeah. a lot of years. Um, the transition to business coaching is is a, a different one. I think it does take experience. Like I was coaching I was business coaching slash consulting for at least a year before I started Big Appetite and worked with, you know, dozens and dozens of businesses, felt confident. My methods were essentially working, you know, and then I dived into creating a firm off the back end of it. I think validating is really important, but I also think proven methods like a super important as well. So you need to have a market, but you need to also get results. And you also need to have runs on the board, which a lot of these people are just skipping ahead. They're like, okay, I've, I've done like three months of success in business. I'm now going to become an e-com coach. Oh, it's crazy. I mean, each their own. Bless everyone yeah. who's out there trying. But overall, I just think it's a really sensitive space because, you know, I even find it in the position that I'm in. People want to throw money at me because they think that I can make for them exactly what I made yeah. for myself. Yeah. But I was in the trenches, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for years and years. And I think that's, you know, something that I always share to my clients at the start is like, I will give you the tools, but you have to kind of do the work. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think the the business coaching space is going to get quite interesting in the coming years. Exactly. Exactly. But that's the Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, you're, you're almost, um, 
fighting an unfair battle at times because someone even that's achieved the incredible level of success that you have, you want to be honest and set these honest expectations. Yeah. Whereas the, a lot of the other people may just want to set that unrealistic un, uh, expectation. Yeah. You're all going to be rich. Give me three months and $10,000 and you'll set yourself up for life. So it's, it's an interesting battle. Something we had to deal with even with my product-based business. Yeah. We have people that launch cheaper products and they'll promise the world this, that guaranteed this, FDA approved, they're fucking not. And it makes the whole industry kind of it's, be tarnished. So it's yeah. like really choose the people you work with in terms of, I say this to people, if you're going to work with an agency, really make sure they know what they're doing. You can develop a good relationship with them. And if you're going to work with a business consultant or someone that can help you, <laughs> or is going to be along next to you as you scale your business, make sure you do the research on them and who they are and what yeah. they've done. Otherwise you, it's just, there's a lot of cowboys out there. Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree. I, yeah. and, and don't get me wrong. Like I even had my you know, little moment after I resigned from Equalition yeah. where I thought, was I a one-hit wonder? Like, was this just a one-time thing that, mm. you know, will not happen again? And and it was through the results and the yeah. fact that you get your hands dirty in other businesses and you see that it is very much a formula, right? Yeah. And yeah. and you can you can repeat that um, and you can a- achieve success with other businesses. But I think it is really important to sort of um, – if, you know, it's a path that people want to take, like I think experience in anything that you do before you start taking, you know, people's money is yeah. super important. I, I want to ask you a question about your exit, obviously. Mm. Um, I want to, I assume there was a day, or I want to ask, was there a day along the journey at some point? It might've been a year or two years ago, or it might've been five. I don't know. But I mean, was there a day of that along the acquisition journey that you realized that you fell, fell out of love with it? Yeah, it was, um, I think, uh, we had a product meeting, which was to strategize the new features and the rollout. Yeah. And, and we started to plan really far ahead when we got senior executives. So um, CTOs and whatnot meant that mm. we planned, whereas Amal and I were really <laughs> yeah. like, oh, God, summer's coming up. Let's do a spring into summer challenge. Yeah, like that yeah. was us, you know. Yeah. Um, but then once we got an executive team, we really had to plan quite diligently. Yeah. And we were, we were starting to plan ahead. And I was I remember sitting in this boardroom and I thought, A, I don't agree. We're losing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, B, I'm not going to be here for that. And that yeah. was when I was like, I, I think I'm going to make a maneuver. Yeah. And to be honest, like it's a pretty ballsy one. Like I left with nothing. Like I didn't, I didn't know exactly what the business was worth when I left. Mm-hmm. I just resigned. I, you know, there was obviously like my co-founder Amal had a vision for the business yep. that was A and then I had one that was B and they were very different. So that was a big deciding factor. Someone yep. had to someone had to make the move. Yeah. Um and I just thought I'm gonna start again. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have any sort of security that that was gonna happen in the same way that it happened the first yep. time. Um but I think I just had a, a really strong self-belief that yeah. this this can't be I cannot be a one hit wonder. Where like, where do you think where do you think your drive and self-belief come from comes from? Um, I think I've always had it. Um, I think I was always someone that was a bit of a dreamer, like, you know, I want to do this. I want to be this. And it was always something that was a little bit unconventional. Like I was, I dropped out of law school to take a job at Google because I thought I'd climb that way. And then I quit Google to start to go to Silicon Valley to start the the evolution. And, you know, it was all very just unconventional, but everything was just like on adrenaline with Mm. big vision in mind. So yeah. I, I'm the same. Mm. I, I have a lot of ideas and I have a lot of big ideas. 
Um, but I don't necessarily need to plan out every step. Yeah. I'm like, that's where I want to go. I'm just going to start. Yeah. And like some people that really scares other people, they're like, they want to know this step, next step, that yeah, step. And yeah. I'm like, I, honestly, I you don't know. You need to surrender to just yeah. experience, right? Like, you know, if I had created rules around my, around my future, like maybe Big Appetite wouldn't have started. And yeah. it's, it's been an incredible ride so far and it's only going to keep going, yeah. you know, from, from good to great. So like you do have to have a bit of a space for a spontaneity and yeah. just things that work that weren't planned, but you should run with them because they feel good and, and yeah. they're, they're working, you know? So. Well, talk to me about the early days of Air Coalition. How did it start? Was that uh, something you game planned <clears throat> long-term or was it, was it kind of spon- spontaneous? A- accident. I did not say that word right. <laughs> spontaneous. <laughs> um, it was an accident again. Yeah. So um, basically I was, we, Amal and I were fitness models mm. and we were clean eating and we were eating like really rigidly fish, asparagus, egg whites, broccoli, chicken, that's it. Mm. And um, anyhow, we stepped on stage for our first show and we didn't look that good. And yeah. we were like, what, we did all the right things. We followed bodybuilding.com <laughs> and everything our coach said, like we must have done something wrong. And we found this guy in our area and he was – we heard that his clients were eating ice cream and losing weight, mm-hmm. very taboo at the time. Um, so we made an, an appointment with him and we sat down with him and he started teaching us about macros and we were just like, we had this moment where we were like, what the hell, yeah. it all makes sense. And then anyhow, he didn't really love writing diet plans. Mm-hmm. So we, we got one off him and it was working. I lost a couple of kilos in the first week on like 2,200 calories. Yeah. We were eating bread and cereal and we thought it was the bee's knees. Yeah. And then anyhow, he had clients that um, he was doing meal plans for and he didn't quite enjoy it. And he said, oh, if I give you guys a number, you numbers, you guys love writing meal plans. Do you want to write the meal plans? We're yeah. like, yeah, sure. We're at the middle yeah, yeah. Anyhow, and then he would give us a little slice of the pie. And then we started to grow as the three of us. We um, decided, do you want to go three ways? He said, yep. So we made Equolution. Um, and then we got pretty early on in the journey where we said to him, we see potential in this. We're working full-time at Google. We said, do you want to take it full-time? He said, no, I want to open a supplement store. I don't want to do this full-time. Anyhow, he opened a supplement store. Yeah. Booty and Buff Nutrition at Caring Bar. Yeah. And um, anyhow, and so we so we ended up going separate ways. Amicably, still one of our great friends. We went yeah. to his wedding, both of us, a um, couple of weeks back, which was really nice. It's like a full circle moment sort yeah. of thing. Anyhow, so, yeah, and then we just started Equolution, um, really manual. We're doing things on Google Sheets, PDFs and whatnot, um, and then decided to build an app. So yeah. we quit our full-time jobs at Google and took a one-way ticket to Silicon Valley. You think your friend regrets it? It's not quite the leaving <laughs> Facebook early, but it was I a mean, pretty big thing to miss out on. Yeah, I mean, you know, he might have a different opinion behind closed doors, yeah, but yeah. To everyone else, I think we all ended up in our right spots. That's the yeah. thing. Like you never know if, if he was to come along, it might not have ended up being what it was. And no disrespect to him, it just yeah. would have been a completely different thing. Yeah, you don't for know, sure. You know, where and you know what? Gone. Some people are just like, even with someone like him, like he's so knowledgeable and passionate yeah. about dieting, training, supplements. You, If you walk into his supplement store, he will tell you about the supplement you want and then anything else you need to know about body transformations. He's just super passionate. And I really think you could have said that to ended up being, you know, the company that was and he would be like, I don't really care. I yeah, love what I do, you yeah. know. So, yeah, I do think that, um, I mean, it would, would be funny to, to think about the one that got away. Yeah. But, but also as well, I think, um, yeah, he, he just not super like keen yeah. on like. And you have to be though. If you're going to go in with someone on a startup journey, you have yeah. to be all in and you have yeah. to be equally in. 
like it's so funny. I have a few similarities with you. Like I was also at law school for a little oh, bit. Oh, were you? I didn't quite make it uh, as yeah, far as I. you. Four fifths of a oh, lawyer, I, I say. I made it one semester in and that oh, was did it. You? Yeah, yeah it was, it's a horrible degree, isn't it? It sucks. Dry. Like, uh, it just, you don't know. That's the thing, I don't regret it because I, I had to know. But like, oh, I was so, I was depressed. Not, yeah. I'm not depressed, I hated it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't ever, I never went back to uni. So no, didn't quite know. make it. Um. And then I had a business partner who launched with, um, and we were like such good friends. Um, and he, we went through, like he exited maybe like a year in. And like that was such a big learning experience to go through and exit, yeah, right? And yeah. we're still such great friends. And he actually has; he's proved not did a one wonder. Did you buy him out? Or yeah, did I you, bought him you out. Did. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but again, like you think, what would have happened? Like, would have been easier with two people to be one partner. Even now that I've gone and we've built Happy Skin Co with one person, I yeah, still yeah. prefer. If I was going to start a business, with I would prefer to do it with someone. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like. If you're going through, you want you want to celebrate the highs with someone just as much as you want someone to get you through the lows because at the end of the day, and you probably have multiple experiences this at this with uh, a mile at Equolution is like that. There's some days where like you just have these problems and like you're sitting there. It's like midnight, one a.m. and like you know you can't go home until you solve this problem. And having someone else beside you to get you through those yeah, moments sure. is priceless. So like, well, we even saw that all the way up until the very end. Like yeah. we had a big period of time where we you know, weren't in touch and there were lawyers that were speaking on our behalf and, you know, yeah. it was just, it was really sad in that respect. And then we actually had our first buyer fall through for Equolution. Oh, so we okay. got all the way through the process and after like six months we ended up terminating because of like lack of performance. Yeah. I don't even know if I can talk about this, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, and then um, cut a long story short, we had to regroup after that. Yeah. And it, it rekindled us, to be totally honest yeah. with you. And like we kind of made a pretty firm decision that she would need to be really comfortable with who took my position from yeah. a shareholder perspective yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And I would need to be com comfortable with the deal that I exit with. Yeah. So overall, like we were crossing the finish line together yeah. and yeah. we started together and that's the way it should be, yeah, you yeah. know? So I think exits, like a lot of ego can get involved and I wish I started the process as the learned individual that I yeah. am now from yeah. it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, everyone's in it for themselves and it can be quite dark and it's sad as well because it's the end of an era. Yeah. Like I was even telling, Telling Amal the other night, like I sent her a photo and I said I started to document my journey out of Equolution just in case like I ever shared it on Instagram yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was like a video of me like hysterically crying and I just set my camera up one day and I just spoke to the camera and I was like, yeah. I just miss her so <laughs> much. I miss her so much. And like it was literally like a breakup and, you know, there's highs and lows throughout all that yeah. process. But overall I think everyone ends differently in a, in a – in a partnership because they all come, everything comes to an end, right? Yeah. Um, and I just think if you can finish it the same way you started, yeah. like that's that's a credit to the, the co-founders because yeah. direction can change, yeah. but you guys did something amazing together. So it's best just to yeah. go out on a high, yeah. you know? I see that now yeah. and, you know, things were looking a bit different like yeah. a year ago. But that, That's the same as me. Like I was, I had dinner with George who was my business partner like maybe a month ago. Mm. And like as you're going through the – and I won't talk about too much details. We're talking one day we're going to talk about – do a full episode on it, but yeah, we'll, save, yeah, we'll yeah. save the details. But like you, we did so well going through it. Like there's times you, you mate, you're talking to lawyers a little yeah. bit and like – Never, but like now that I've have gone through that experience and, and saw how we navigated it, and now now I've seen other people trying to exit their business with co-founders and seeing the really bad experience they've had. I'm like, well, we actually did really yeah. well, and like you 
do of course have a little bit of space after like you're living in each other's pockets for so much time but then like the last few years or especially the last year like closer than we were before even like yeah it's it's just a journey need to come back yeah Yeah. for sure for sure I mean I think the only thing that can get in the way at that point in time for people who don't come together in the end is really just like it's just ego or someone's done something really unforgivable yeah yeah. um but overall if it's just a little bit of heartbreak like everyone can just you know wipe off their knees and get up and And, and you're so much more oh I know I am I assume you are going into a next business venture going through the you you're more of a realist. You understand that some things oh, don't last forever. But like going yeah. in, it was my first business. I was like 23, 24 when I started it. You like, you don't think about planning out those details yeah, for what happens for at sure. the end of it when you start. I, I sometimes feel sorry for Jenna with the mm. way that my <laughs> head thinks as opposed yeah, to, yeah. you know, the fairy tale that she kind yeah. of is in right now where yeah. like we met at Christmas and then <laughs> we started business because like I'm a little bit more, I've seen different, you know, stages mm. of partnership and stuff like that. So I'm a little bit more, um, just careful, like, mm. you know, when we first started, I don't think Jenna would have thought about a shareholders agreement or anything, but I'm like, fucking shareholders yeah, agreement, yeah, sure. you know, all that you kind got of, it, you got yeah. Um, so I think it's important to have fun with your yeah. business partner because that's what, uh, that's a big part of business that if you're lucky to experience it, yeah. you are, are lucky human, yeah. I think. Yeah. Cause it, you know, I think I'm sure that there's, you know, businesses out there that just do it for the bark. And I think that's sad yeah. um, for them only because I know what's on the other side of that, which is like having so much passion and love for what you do and the late nights and the laughs yeah. and then the cries and it's all the fun of it. Right. Yeah. And like the, the nightmares, like you're thinking if, if we don't get, if we don't literally, solve this issue, the business is done. Literally like, doing been... calculations in your head, like at <laughs> midnight yeah. and stuff like there's been times where my partners looked at me and said, just stop thinking. <laughs> well, you stop. can't sometimes. When, when you when you had that moment I asked you about when you realized, hey, maybe yeah, I'm yeah. in love with this journey anymore, uh, how long was the lag between when you realized that and when you pulled the trigger? Like a month. <laughs> That's so quick. Yeah, a month. I, I'm, I'm pretty like that. It's hard for me to stay mm. in something that, you know, uh, I just feel like it's hard for me to do something I don't want to do. That's really brave yeah. <laughs> though. Even though like you, you, you're following what's best for you, it is also really brave to back yourself and have the have the guts to be like, you know, I know this is right for me and I know I'm stepping away from a, a, a fucking really big business, but I'm just going to I remember it anyway. when, um, <clears throat> and it's changed a little bit, like since there was a few, a few meetings that were mm. surrounding this particular topic, but I remember the first ever, like three or four months after I left, valuation meeting that we had where they were talking about, what the business was value. I had no bloody idea. I was sitting there like, I wonder what I'm going to walk away with. (laughs) Like I had no idea, you know, what I was even. So you didn't leave knowing, hey, I'm going to get X. No, nothing. I I think I wish I would have thought all that through. I would have saved myself a lot of, you know, like stress and just anxiety of what if or Mm. whatnot or, you know, et cetera. But overall I think maybe just happened as it was meant to. And like obviously I chose – my path, which yep. was that no matter what the outcome was on a financial front, mm. that I was going to make it again or, mm. you know, not let it get me down or whatever. But I was I was just lucky in all of it, you yeah. know, just all worked out happily. <laughs> and I think about like what, what would I do like with this business long term and what would I do if I ever did want to sell? Mm. Not that I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, but in the future. And, and, and you get these doubts that creep into your head. It's only natural. Oh, can I do it again? What I do again? Yeah, I, yeah. What, what if I ran out of money? But then, like, I, I get honest with myself. I'm like, there's, sometimes I'm, I'm working on something and I'm, like, pumping it out. I'm, you know, you just have those really productive days and you're killing it. It's like 10.30 yeah. at night and you're still feeling great. You're like, you know what? I could have no money and I'd back myself. Still, I know I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that totally. And I think I remember the first the first thing I did after Equolution was I took a CMO temp contract with Body Science. Yeah. And I was working the marketing 
space there and creatively I was going bonkers upstairs. Like yeah, I was thinking yeah. of so many different things but it wasn't my business. And then I, even though it was a temp contract and I was yeah. essentially a consultant, yeah. I was like there's no way I am not going to be in the driver's seat again after yeah. this. Like that was my first kind of realisation of I'm not a I'm not a worker, I'm a founder. I'm a founder that works, (laughs) you know. What's the difference between like, okay, if you're working on your own business, you have all the drive and enthusiasm and passion and you need to do it because if you don't, you're kind of fucked. But then what's it like to be in a business and you, let's just say you had had a lot of control and autonomy, but then you don't really have the same sort of stakes attached to it. How did you find working in those conditions? I mean, my work ethic's always been really good and I was – on an extremely high executive salary. I think they said I was maybe one of the highest paid that they'd had. So I had to be worth it. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was worth it for them and worked really hard. But like, like I had an idea Mm. for the company, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter because it's not mine. So I think that's the difference between being an employee versus being a founder is that decider of like, well, where is it going? And yeah. I think only the founder can lead yeah. the road for that, you know? I, I think in a way there is a benefit to the other side because you can you can approach everything with a clearer mind because you don't have all the stress and pressure on the weight of your world. So you can kind of analyse problems and opportunities with a little bit more uh, like a, a clear mind and, and without looking at stressing about all the negatives. Leave that for the person yeah. who's going to sign off on it. But yeah. approaching it with a little bit more freedom and flexibility may be beneficial. Yeah. Um, it was – I mean, mm. what I really loved was like – I loved seeing someone else love something so oh, much. Like yeah. like Greg and Nate, the founders of Body Science, they know supplements inside out and they source the most quality products and quality ingredients for their products. And just yeah. seeing someone so obsessed with a space, that was cool. Like mm. I was under that and they, you know, they have a massive warehouse and they'd be out in the warehouse with the with the packers and, you know, they'd be testing and they'd send me samples. What do you think? And like so involved. Mm. And like these men have been in this company for, you know, decades, right? You think that stuff wears thin as you get into business. Imagine being you know, 25 years in and still got it. Like that's pretty special, you know. So it was cool to see that. It was definitely, um, it was was just all a really good experience, you know. Like part of that coming out of Equolution was finding who I was Mm. and that took a few just, I felt, honestly felt like a kid without training wheels. Coming out of a business for eight years that I started when I was, you know, a kid, I started when I was 21 years old, I had to relearn essentially the workplace Mm. and what I was good at and, you know, at the start, especially as a consultant, I tried to do everything yeah. and I'm like, don't do everything. You're not good at everything. Yeah. Try and do the things that you're good at and make that your – and that's how Big Appetite was born yeah. because we found what we're good at and we didn't say we could do it all, like, you know. Yeah. So – Do you think yeah. Big Appetite for you could be the next 10 to 15-year project? Is it is it something you're, you're in long term or what's your thoughts? No, I don't think it's going to be the only thing, mm. only because – I've wireframed an app and yeah. I cannot stop thinking about it. Yeah. So that's the only yeah. reason. And the customers that I deal with day to day need what I want to deliver. Well, yeah. So I'm just like, it'll be, it'll be in conjunction. Like I hope that it gets to a point, um, you know, where it's like Gary V's agency, you know, yeah. and, and it's got, it's got a, a brand reputation. It's got internal processes yeah. and people f- flow through and know the experience that they get on the other side that has all been, predetermined by myself and Jenna's yeah. methods. Um, but overall, 
I think I need to create tech. Well, I know I need to create yeah. tech again. And what so. about like you do a lot of speaking and podcasts and stuff. Why do you do that? Is that something you want to continue to do long term? Is it something you're passionate about? Or I do love it. Um, I love it and I, I thought I'd go a bit stale to be honest with you. Mm. I thought I'd get on, you know, I started <laughs> doing podcasts quite a while ago. Yeah. It started with Ice from YKTR. Mm. That was my very first podcast. The soundboard, right? Yeah, yeah, soundboard. Yeah. So we would we would just have the best chats <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. Um and then I did Jordan's room, which was yeah. a bit of fun. And it was just like all a bit of like different flavors here mm. and there. And then um I think I got invited on a couple and just did like quite yeah. a few here and there. And I just think like I'm pretty honest and upfront and there's a lot of people out there that, that are just hanging for the sign of which direction do yeah. I go, what do I do, what yep. do I – and I mean if I can give a bit of that, so so be it. I'm no um, learned total expert. Mm. Like I'm a work in progress and yeah, the first to absolutely. say that. Yep. Yeah, I'm like 20 oh, – sorry, 30. I was going to say 29. 30 years old. Yep. Um, so I'm sure that in a decade's time the quality of my expertise will be – Far more than what it is yeah. now, but if I can give something, I, I love doing it. Like that is, that's the same as me because there's so many people out there that th – there's two main things that they'll get from these podcasts. Obviously, there's entertainment, which is one thing, but like there's education. People can learn from the yeah. lessons, but even, it doesn't even always need to be education. It, sometimes it's just inspiration and making yeah, people feel sure. like there is a path for me, there is something I can do. And like I'm the same – I've always been a big talker and yeah. like I acted in, in between law and business. So I don't mind a bit of like public speaking and stuff. Yeah. And like because I was lucky enough, I did, I've spent quite a bit of time with Gary Vee around the world. Oh, really? And like yeah, cool. yeah, that was one of the best experiences of my life. And I remember being in his office in New York and like I've seen so many podcasts in that room and I just thought, wow, like anything is possible. Yeah. But the thing about that and like this is going back to comparisons. Like I'll watch – because I was spending full days with him – and Gary Vee, and any clip you see of Gary Vee on a podcast, he's exactly the same 24 hours a day. Yeah. You point a camera at him at any random time and you're going to get clips. And sometimes when we're talking about filming some clips, I'm like, oh, you can't just point a camera at me. I'm going to yeah. fumble over words. I don't really – I need to plan things out. But it's like that's fine for me to – that's why like I was hesitant about putting out content for a long time because I didn't feel like who am I? I'm just like who am I it's to, to like speak about that? But it's a little bit, but it's like maybe I'm just – my own harshest critic at times. Yeah, like 100%. there's so much value. And even up to like, I don't know, seven, we've released 16 or 17 episodes yep. and the feedback has been so good. I'm like, this 100% was the right, yeah. was the right For move. For sure. For um, sure. To go back to the exit quickly, I want to ask mm. you, the day you signed the contract, what emotions were going through your mind when you signed it? Well, I just signed the second one. Okay. Um, so it's still an ongoing process. Yeah, for yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. I, st I just signed the second one and because of the first experience, like I just have in my head, it's not done until the money's in the account. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's the, the, yeah, that's what my perspective is now. Mm. So there's been no, I haven't had that moment, moment yet. yet. Yeah. Um, I've had accidental moments where like pre-celebrated way too early, like <laughs> investor one, we had like a yeah. couple of nights out and I was like, oh, Jesus, I way too early celebrated yeah. that that victory that hadn't yet happened and then that fell through. Yeah. But, yeah, overall I think um, oh, I will that, that will be a moment. Like that would be a real – and I'm so happy with the outcome as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really important. The previous one I was a bit uh, – I was just like, oh, just wasn't get it. Wasn't fully satisfied. Yeah, wasn't fully satisfied. Yeah. I was just like, get it done. Yeah. And then this one I'm so happy. So I feel as yeah. though – yeah, that will feel different. I'm excited for you. It's exciting yeah, so times, I'm, right? <laughs> so am I. So am I. It's, it is really exciting. It, it was a year on Monday yeah. that I had, uh, had left Decolution. Yeah. So it's been a really, yeah, it's been a big, 
a big year. And and what personal traits or qualities do you think you've had to either develop over the years or lean on in order to be successful? Resilience. Like yeah. I have realised even through the, the exit process, like I'm not non-emotional in the sense that like I don't feel things. I probably feel things more than the average person, um, which has always been a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But overall – I've just learned that I'm just so tough, like real tough um, and almost in maybe like a too masculine kind of way. Like, you know, I had a conversation with someone that was like really important in the exit of my, uh, the evolution exit and I got off the phone and I, I said to Amal, I'm like, I was just expecting, like I was so nervous to have this conversation because he was such an important person and I said he just dropped his Dax at me, he got so nervous and I'm like, I'm meant to get nervous, but I just must be like, you know, a little bit intimidating when it comes to, you know, professional things and laying down the law. So I have learned that I'm a bit tough and I think it's got me through a lot, like heaps. And and on that point, do you think, has there been any time over, over your journey where you've potentially sacrificed relationships or a personal life in order to achieve what you have? 100%. I... I uh, have just got into a relationship. It's been nine months. We met in November yeah. and I'm a super late bloomer. Like <laughs> I was single for a lot of years yeah. before I met him. I, before that, I, um, like I was, I just dated sort of thing. Yeah. was never in like a proper relationship. I wouldn't say my work hindered it, but it like in the sense that like, oh, I don't have time for you. I'm working. Like yeah. all of that kind of stuff was that all those hard years of work happened before I started essentially dating. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. But I just found it really hard, like overall. You know, they say they don't care that, you know, you've got money and all that, yeah, rah, yeah. Rah, but that it will come out in all weird ways. I imagine as well, just, for you being the female, it will be, even though they won't say it at the start, for some guys. Sometimes it just rolls out in weird ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. the jealousy creeps in exactly. and all that kind of shit. And then the like, you know, insecurities and all that. Insecurities, and, and then be a big one. it could be their problem, or it could be who I am in their life, or something like that. I'm not really sure, but I just, yeah, I definitely um, <laughs> have a lot of trial and error. Yeah, and that's the thing. A lot of guys would be surprised because they look at you and see quite a feminine person, but they don't understand like the male polarity you might have and the male energy in those big sorts time. of situations. Yeah, and if they're not aware of those sorts of you know um, relationship dynamics, they won't really know. They'll just be like, yeah. "What is going on?" But I had to learn as well, like. It, Mike, um, my partner, Matt, mm. who is like my person, yeah. Um, yeah. with him, he's he's so loving and caring and I had to learn to accept that. Like if someone wants to, you know, do the washing and yeah. fold my sheets and stuff, just let him. Like that, I had to kind of let go of my doing everything for ev- all the time and being mm. in control and all that kind of stuff. So I think there was a lot about being in a relationship that I also had to learn as well, which probably made sense as to why previous things on both sides maybe didn't work out. I don't think I was ever, yeah. you know, really ready. But that whole leaving Equolution experience as well really kind of grounded me in a lot of ways and it just all happened at the right time. Yeah, another thing so similar, like I've, I was single, like obviously there was like some dating in between since I was like 21, 22 mm. and only last year towards the end of last year, like, did I start seeing my partner now? And for me, it was just like, it wasn't that like I was too busy. It was just was so far away from my that, radar. Yeah. Like, it was just, I wasn't even thinking, thinking about, about it. it. I wasn't interested in it. And I still wasn't and until like I met Mel. And then even like the funniest thing is about how I met Mel, I won't go into details on the podcast, but it was, I'd known her for 18 months 
And um, we actually started working on a business together. Oh, really? And I'm never the type of person that would want to mix, mix business yeah. and relationships. Um, but after like 18 months of being really good friends and, you know, working on this idea, one second, cha- oh, everything changed. Oh, you're kidding. That's really and then, funny. Yeah, it's the best. She lives with me. Like it's, yeah. it's been amazing, but like, It yeah. is such a nice thing to find, you know, mm. like it's funny because I said – these words came out of my mouth yeah. um, went about a year and a half before I left Equolution. I went through a really funny phase of like, I'm 27. I've got everything I ever yeah. dreamed of. Why am I A, so lonely and B, why is it so empty? Mm-hmm. And it was just a really odd time where I just hadn't quite figured out that I was moving through a journey and I was coming into a different phase of life and trust the process, all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I really was so down about, you know, I used to see relationships and be like, I want that, you know, not in like a desperado kind of way, but overall I was just not ready, but ready. You know what I mean? Mm. And I mean, like I look back at, at that period of time and I said, I said I'd give it all up to find love. Wow. I would give up everything I've got just to find love and essentially – I did give up all I had yeah. when, you know, when I when I left the business not knowing what was on the other side um, and found it. Mm. And it was funny because it was a time in my life, November last year, where not a lot was sorted. I hadn't met Jenny yet. We hadn't started Big Appetite. Yeah. We hadn't – I hadn't got like a second business under my belt of valuation cash yeah. from the previous business, nothing. And I was the happiest I could ever imagine. So it was just such a good realisation of like – Yes, your work is important and yeah. business for me is like in my DNA. Like it's yeah. something that I will forever do. It doesn't matter. You know, I could, yeah, well, essentially I, I'm almost semi-going to win motto with the exit, but like yeah, yeah. nothing could change yeah. what I would wake up and do the next day for work. Like I will always do this. That's important. Though. Big yeah. time. But in saying that as well, so's life. And that really became real um you know, throughout that process of just like finding love after like all of these years, I was like, fuck, it makes me so happy and it's not work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the thing. Like there's, there's so many different ways it can happen. Right. For me, it's like, I don't think I was necessarily ready. I met the person that I realized, fuck, I should be with yeah, forever. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I have to, Yeah, you I'm not going to, and that's the thing. Like I was never like trying to date, but like I was, came across a lot of different people and yeah. None of them made me feel like I'd ever even want to sacrifice a yeah, night of work, yeah. let alone have more of a normal life. And yeah. when I say a normal life, like I still do everything I need to do, but like there's some days where like I want to finish work at like six, seven, six, 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 six thirty, and then to come home and spend the night with yeah, them. Yeah, before, for sure. Like why would I ever want do that? But like I still want to do that. And yeah. like I feel like if you can have that sort of stability at home in your personal life, it does make it even easier because. As you know, even if you have a business partner, the journey of like entrepreneurship and starting a business is very lonely. Yeah, for sure. hundred mm. percent. Um, and I mean, there's only so much fulfillment that a business can, can give. And then, yeah. you know, at yeah. the end of the night when you turn the lights off, like it's, you, it's just you. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's someone else that needs to be cared for in yourself as well at like yeah. all times. So, yeah. Mm. Um, a question I wanted to ask you, it's a bit random, mm. Mm. but if you could, if you could have a business dinner with any person in the world mm. to pick their brain for an hour, two hours, three hours, who would you pick? There's this American billionaire that I'm just obsessed with and his name's Tillman Fertitta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's no. he's big in um, hospitality. He owns Bubba Gump Shrimp Co. Mm. Um, he owns, I think, an NBA team oh, wow. um, as well. Just like just 
puts his money where the opportunity is essentially, yeah. like not necessarily, um, you know, specialising in one space, but he's just a businessman, right? Mm. And I just love I just love his thought process and his approach and even every single podcast I've listened to, like he's, he's pretty frank and he, he always is the first to say like, I'm not the I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I just get business, and I get yeah. that. Like yeah. I fully understand that. Um, I remember he he's pretty like kind of old school almost as well. Like he said, you know, if I ever want to know how one of my restaurants are going, I will pull up in the car park and I'll take a step out of my car and assess what every moment's like from the second I step out of my car to walking in the doors from whether there's cigarette butts in the gutters, whether there's finger marks on the on the windows. And he said and and from when I walk in to when I sit down, customer experience for me needs to be on point and that's what I, yeah. I instill in all my venues and I just I love that thought process yeah. and philosophy because I do think it, that the customer – I think customer-centric businesses are the ones that will survive. Yeah. Have, have you had mentors along the way or did you guys kind of figure um, it all out yourselves? No, we mostly figured it out ourselves. Um, we had an accountant who took a bit of like a mentor seat um, a couple of years back and he was pretty good at what he did but – he was an accountant, you yeah. know, and that's that was his space. And I think businesses and and the people that run them, the visionaries, they have a bit of a different makeup to yeah. you know really good professionals yeah. like that specialize in just one yeah. field. Yeah, oh, you know, I had that exact experience, it, but it was it was a really important growth process mm. for me because I launched the business green as mm. uh, like a couple corporate jobs and but no no business experience, and we had incredible success. And like, what do you do when you're making so much money you don't know what to do with, right? And then like it becomes very easy to waste money as a business oh, if, if, if yeah. you're doing that. But very luckily, just after, just after about the year point in, uh, we brought in like a really senior finance manager who I'm just lucky enough that it's my cousin. Oh, cool. But he's from like big corporate space. He's like, he was managing like the MBN project, like not for MBN, but like consultancy for yeah, like yeah. billion dollar projects. And he came in and he, and he, and he took me a lot up. of things that, well, for one, we were doing wrong. But also there was a bit of a battle for a while because he was getting me to do so many things I didn't want to do. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, no, you under need to understand this for this reason because he's also because he's my cousin. He wants me to learn for the future, mm. and and I resisted that at times. I'm like, fuck, can you just do it? Like, this is what yeah. we, this is what we pay you for. Can you just do? He's like, no, you need to understand that. And now, thank God, I went through that because Get I have it. so much more of a full understanding of business and the concept and yeah. like what you've moved more into now, operations and P&Ls and finances. Yeah, yeah. It's so important to do that. Maybe if you want to be into a business for a year, but if you want to try and be in business your whole life, you need to at least 100%. have a basic understanding. And yeah. it really sometimes it takes you being pushed to step outside your comfort zone. Definitely. I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Um, I wish I had mentors from the perspective of even just having someone to talk to. Yeah. And then secondly to that, like – I wish I had someone just to go through options with me because sometimes like you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah, so yeah. even when we were doing, we were moving into the tech space from manual business, like I would have loved to know a million more things that yeah. we found out later along the track. And sometimes it just does take experience. So having someone to say, you know, this is where, and I say it to my clients yeah. now, like sometimes, you know, I've got a client that's thinking about doing an app and I sort of rolled out the red carpet and gave, you know, my spiel on, yeah. on what I thought and whatnot. And I remember talking and thinking, I wish I had this. Yeah. I wish I had this. And do people realise how much, are they surprised how much it costs to build and, and properly run an app? Yeah. They don't understand, uh, right? Nah, especially because there's, especially in my space, there's so many white label yeah, things. Yeah, and they can just and, slap yeah. your branding on it. Yeah. How, how are they? Do they, I imagine they're not. 
No. They're so generalized, it's going to be really difficult nah, to. They're no good. Yeah. I don't think there's one out there that no. I'm like amazed by yeah. right now. What, what drew you guys to go to, to Silicon Valley? Did you did you feel like you probably weren't going to find the right Hilarious. people in Australia? Yeah, we just we just knew it was the tech hub yeah. of the world. So we just took a the, the old one-way ticket yeah. there and just said, let's see what happens. <laughs> but we were working at Google, so we had yeah. a fair understanding that that's where she gets done. Yeah, of course. Um, and we actually went over there to find a CTO. So I think that's that's what drove that decision. Mm. What did you learn being over there? How long uh, were you there for? We were there for about just under six months. What an experience. It was really good. We weren't there just specifically. We ended there in the end. Um, but we just learned that we're onto something. I think it was yeah. the biggest boost of confidence that we needed because we had like grown men that were wanting to take a slice of the pie and throw money at us. And we'd only had a manual, I think our manual business was doing like maybe a hundred grand a year then or something yeah. at that point in time. And that's all we had. It was just, a, it was just a validated thing and it wasn't really operating on anything tech, but it was an idea that we wanted to create. So even without having put anything in motion in that, in that regard, like these blokes just wanted to, to yeah. invest and we were like, wow, like we should do this on our own. Mm. Like we should go home and make enough money where we don't yeah. need to have investors and that's what we did. What was the first version of the app like? Hilarious. Yeah. It was so fucked. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like we literally got it and it didn't work. We paid 280 grand for it, got it done offshore yeah. and then we just said, all right, let's start again. <laughs> 280 grand down the toilet. Yeah. I mean, we weren't oh, we weren't clutching at straws for cash, but we weren't flush either. Yeah. So we just kind of copped it on the chin did as well. Did you, with each of these versions, did you at least allow you to achieve a little bit more of scale to bring in more money for the bigger build or was the it all like bigger we can't build even roll was, this out? Nah, we couldn't even roll the, the, yeah, the wow. fucked one out. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's we were just thing. like, I remember it shuffled a meal once and it gave like – a liter of milk with like 10 grams of cereal. And we're like, oh, the algorithm doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and they just handed it over and we inherited the responsibility. We didn't read the dotted line. We signed on the dotted line, not reading anything in, in within the term sheet. And yeah. Yeah. It was just a loss. But So with Equalition, you think a lot of your success was down to community building. That was like one of yeah. the number one things, right? Yeah. How'd you, yeah. how'd you build the community? Obviously the, the results transformations were I'm assuming a big part of it and, and amazing. And you, you were the really the first two clients of the business. Yeah. Yeah. So the results were a huge um, factor, obviously weight loss, body transformations. It's a really emotive service. So um, it's a space where people are feeling a lot when they're going through this in terms of self-confidence and, and happy customers in that regard are really happy to share, you know, like, I don't know if you've even found this in your business when you've had someone that's had bad skin or something, and then they've got a result and the, the essence of the testimonial has just got far more weight than those that just kind of use because they're loyal to the brand, you know? So those clients that were shouting from the rooftops were really doing wonders for us. And then we just really were quite clever in how we connected them to each other. We incentivized creating individual accounts to log their journey. So if you, if you search Equolution on Instagram, you'll see oh, thousands of accounts wow. that are not just Equolution. It'll be like Laura.Equolution yeah. journey. We had all the team create a Equolution Instagram account. So dot Equolution team is all Equolution staff and they 
share their own clients' results. They share recipes. It's just there was a lot of presence online. And then, of course, our Instagram page really helped too because we grew quite quickly. I think the page itself is up to like 280K now, which I know is not through the roof, but it's eyes, you know, and it's people ready to watch. And if you, you know, look on the reels, they get substantial views. And there's just a lot of people waiting for, for what we do next. And I think a lot of that also comes down to right time. We were born out of a a space where people were making money off telling people, you know, not to eat and we were telling people to eat what they wanted. So it was like a very opportunistic sort of time um, in which people supported us. So we were really But it also makes you feel good and like you're doing the right thing. Like I know for us when we get before and after sent to us and – there's, there's been a lot and the ones that don't, like, you see, like, the normal people, like, the, the, the you know, 25-year-old, mm. like, girl who sends through and, and that's cool. But the ones that really, mo- like, make you feel good is, like, the mums that lived out kind of semi-rural and didn't have the money or the time to get to a laser hair removal clinic to be able yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah. And they go, like, you won't believe it, but, like, I've been struggling with all this excess body hair for, yeah, for, yeah. for years and I never had anything to do about it and it really was affecting my, 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 self, my self-worth and my self-esteem and this is genuinely change yep. it for me yeah and and you and i try not i don't think about it too much but because you think it's it's beauty it's a beauty product essentially yep. but at the end of the day for a lot of people it's not and if you can like attach your business to something good it just makes it such a better journey yeah for sure for sure i totally agree and i think um i don't know if i would ever put myself in a position where i'm you know driving a vehicle that doesn't mean much to me yeah. You know, so I think that that was always really important to me and having come from Equolution, it set the bar pretty high because I was really passionate for a lot a lot of time before. Like I, I don't care about nutrition now. Yeah. I'm totally honest with you. Like yeah. if I saw a dieting study or something like that, I'd probably even flick past it. Yeah. Whereas there was a point in my life where I just absorbed it all as yeah. knowledge and I loved watching Lane Norton. I loved listening to him. I would rewrite, you know, studies and things that he – are done in layman's terms and say Lane Norton says, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. You know, like I loved the space that I was in. So I couldn't really have asked to be more passionate because I yeah. was like, I was really there. Um, that honestly, an hour's flown. I want to ask you oh three God, more questions and then yeah. wrap up. Yeah. Um, the first question I'll ask you, and I know you're not from ecom, but you're tremendously, tremendously experienced in ecom because a lot yeah. of our listeners uh, are interested in that space. Mm. Um, if you were ever going to start an e-commerce product-based business, have you ever thought about what that product or industry might be for you? Yeah. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it? Yeah, Maybe I am. tell us then. I'm doing – You I'm can tell us? To, nah, go no, for no, it. no. I'm happy, to, I'm happy to say it. So um, it's actually on behalf of my sister. Yeah. Um, but we want to start tanning teas. So tanning teas. Yeah, you know, Smart. you know, yeah, yeah. um, girls self tan. Yeah. So like what you wear to bed, what you wear to and from the tanning salon. Yeah. Um, doesn't really exist. Usually yeah. boyfriend teas or Qantas PJs are, <laughs> yeah. are what people do now. Yeah. So I, d- I don't think that there is necessarily like a winning product that's mm. out there to grab and it's not been touched yet. Like there will always be something new. Mm. I think it's what's behind it from like a visionary standpoint that makes it what it is. Like how are people treating that product and then talking about it? 
um, how is their sales experience continuing beyond that transaction to making them a loyal customer and, a, and, a, and giving them a journey and whatnot. So I don't necessarily, like I'm not afraid to say, oh, I might do this and yeah. that someone else might do it because I know how I do it. And, you know, that's sort of what's important that's to me. That's the thing. That's yeah. the biggest thing. It's like, and, and but even like you could say and a hundred people say, that's amazing. I'm going to mm. do it. And they won't do it anyway. I think, you know, what is quite an interesting space if anyone is like sort of just mm. looking for something, I do think passion is important, but I mean, if you're looking for something, I think anything that's baby product related is yeah. probably a hot space to watch. Like, you know, car seats, um, you know, eat, eating like dinnerware and all that kind of yeah. stuff for kids and um, play, soft play stuff. Like yeah. I think there's something in that space just because mums are a great market as well. Yeah. So, And that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm all for now like building businesses around passions, hence mm. the podcast. But I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with building a business that can be a vehicle to change your life. Like I'll tell you a secret. I wasn't super passionate about laser hair removal before I started the business. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But it's made me incredibly happy. I do love the business. I love what yeah. it's been able to do. I love what we've, we've done as a company. But now then like it creates, like now I can launch a podcast and there's so many different things that can come off the back of that. Um, next question I wanted to ask you, it's something I ask a lot of people in business. I assume you probably have a lot, but. What do you think would be your hardest day in business? The day I decided to leave it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I remember the day. I was so just like, it was like I was here but I wasn't here. And I was so sad because it was like it was, it was like sending a child off to college but not returning f to collect the kid. Yeah. It was like putting it up for adoption <laughs> essentially, you know. It was, um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty hard. Mm. Yeah. But also – yeah, you know, it's a bittersweet day. It, it's a fairy tale. I wanted to ask you something yeah. about um, influencer marketing. Like, yeah. I remember when I first saw your brand and it was in the hands of, of an influencer. Yeah. Would Do you think that that is a, a huge key for anyone that's wanting to grow a business, you know, just put your product in the right hands as yeah. well? I, I think it is, definitely. I think it will always be an important part. I just think it, it does change from time to time. Like it, it – we could have given it to anyone back in the day and they would have sold product. Yeah, yeah. It's very different now um, because consumer behavior changes. People mm. are aware of what advertising is and what, what people's jobs are in terms of promoting products. So we're a lot more selective with people we work with yeah. now. They really do have to be in alignment with your brand. Um, and in terms of creating content, like we try to work more with content creators rather yeah, than just yeah. influencers. Posting with, hey, holding a happy skin coat handset – isn't really going to achieve the same sort of results that it, yeah. that it would four years ago. Whereas now if we're going to work with creators, we want them to take us along on their journey, how they use the product, why they love yeah, it and, yeah. and how it fits into their routine. So I think it's amazingly important to pick the right people you partner with, but also like anything else with influencer marketing for looking at it as like a business tactic, there's going to be people that are going to massively overprice themselves yeah. and there's going to be some that underprice themselves and there's going to be some in the middle. You have to look for like with anything else where the value lies. If you're someone who's starting up a business and you don't have a lot of money in the bank, you can't just pick an influencer to work with mm. because you like them. Yeah. You really need to look at who's going to, who's most likely to drive value in return for me. Yeah, who aligns. Otherwise you're going to run out of runway really quickly. So it's getting harder. Yeah, it is. It's going to be, it's, I think it's always going to be important, especially look at like Facebook CPMs compared to five yeah. years ago. The, the costs of some of these channels are going through the roof always finding the right people to to work with i think is is going to be important i don't massive. see it not being a, 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 a it, massive tactic that really grew evolution i remember um also 
partnerships were for free back yeah, when I started yeah, as well. Yeah. So it was like, oh, do you want to try our diet plan? We yeah. do fat loss and, you know, a, an influencer would lose like five kilos and be super grateful and talk about it. Yeah. And now there's like such a huge price tag yeah. attached and it's like, oh, my God. I remember the first influencer we worked with had 50,000 followers um, and he did it for just the product for free. Mm. And now someone will have 5,000, like, yeah, I'm $500. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How much money do you think you're going to return for a brand? And, like, we, we mainly look at influencer marketing as, like, a brand play now because there'll be some that we can drive, like, ROI from, but it's just so unpredictable Yeah. Um, these days. But, yeah, it's, it's an ever-changing, an ever-changing landscape, yeah. but it's going to be important. One last question I have for you yeah. is I'm, as someone who has a lot of my plate, sometimes yeah. too much, like, I like to bite off more than I can chew slightly fuck it up for a little bit of time until I yep. can catch up in terms of my growth to execute on all these yep. things at a high level. For someone that's been able to achieve a, a high level of success, I want to know your personal view is how you set up your day for success, how you plan for your week, and then how you look at it for a whole year of goal setting to ensure that you are moving closer to your big goals that you're setting. Yeah. Well, um, I think the, the bigger annual kind of goals mm -hmm. are sort of like, um, action and then I guess result for me, like what did I want to achieve from an execution point of view and yeah. then what was the result of that from I think revenue is a massive thing when you're in business. It's just naturally something that you look at. Um, I in more recent times have looked to things like the size of, you know, the business like in Equolution, like active clientele and churn rate and all that kind of stuff were metrics that, you know, always measured success. So when when I look at like business um, metrics that I think doing them on an annual basis yeah. is like, you know, you, you expect a quite a big jump for 12 months worth of work. Um, but going right back to, to skinning back to day to day, sometimes literally the one foot in front of the other kind of tasks are the things that you know, compound and lead you to a successful year. So I, I'm not afraid to have granular goals on a day-to-day yeah. -day basis that that even just from like waking up every day at, you know, 4.35 o'clock because it buys you an extra, you know, maybe two hours a day, you know, six days a week or something, 12 hours in a week. Like all those things I think are really important, exercising daily, eating well, um, you know, plowing through a to-do list and just making sure you get to the end of it by, you know, the time that the night's over. And one of the biggest things for me is like once you get to a certain point, your to-do list never ends. Yeah. It's like prioritization. Yeah, for sure. Is a massive underappreciated skill and it's something I had to learn. There's been certain periods, not long periods, but certain periods of business, but you know when you're just really, really, really busy? Yeah. But you're not really achieving that much. It's yep. like look at your day. What are you working on? And then yep. like – okay, I've got 50 things I need to do. What are the five biggest things I can work on yeah, exactly. that are going to give me the best bang for yeah. the buck in terms of time and focus on them? Because I've never got to the end of my to-do list in the last like three years. Like in terms of like really all the things I could be doing yeah, for the yeah, business. Yeah, There's a million things I can do for the of business. Of course. You know and I think I mean? a lot of people, um, especially that are new to, you know, just being an operator in general, just have such high expectations of a day mm. that that's, that's the small, that's the small measurable. The big measurable is like what the week looked like, what the month looked like, and then, you know, compounded to the yeah. year. So I think your day doesn't have to be rocket science, you know, um, you know, Jenna and I are building a course out at the moment for, um, kickstarting st a startup. Yeah. Um, and you know, we had a, a goal this week to crank out, um, three weeks of the course. It's not 12 or yeah. it's not finishing the course in yeah. a week. Like that's ridiculous. We're running yeah. a business. So, <laughs> you know, it's like three or four this week and then four the next and then in three weeks time we'll be finished, yeah. you know? So I think like it's okay to be realistic and um, starting small, like even, you know, the 
the higher stock raters will, will do the yeah. same thing. Oh, I, I'm the same. Whenever I'm working on new projects with people, I've been at the start and you can say, yeah, let's have it all finished by X date. Yeah. But with someone who's done a lot of projects for my business, yeah. I know realistically what's, yeah, what's exactly. achievable and what isn't. Yeah. And what's that classic saying? People overestimate what they can achieve in a day, but underestimate what they can achieve yeah, in a year. Exactly. It's so true. Mm. It's so true. It's that classic like 1% type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, philosophy yeah each day one percent yeah yeah um and jade far out we could talk i'm sure for yeah. another hour um before we finish up like again thank you so much for You're coming welcome. in i know you're Thanks extremely busy me. you've got a lot on your plate um where's so the best <laughs> i know i know but i'm i love it i love it i can't yeah. stop um so for anyone who's interested in looking into more into big appetite or any yeah. of the content you're putting out where's the best place people can find you or, um, or the probably business? my instagram jade spooner and then the big appetite instagram which is big dot appetite so it's like appetite but yeah. with a u um, for up um and then our website www.bigappetite.com i've noticed you've done something very wise that i don't know if you did it on purpose or by accident the first time but you picked very unique words for your business. Yeah. Happy Skin Co. Not very unique. So yeah. That's no, one but thing. I think, well, I mean, when I think Happy Skin Co, it makes me smile. And yeah. you also get put in like the, you know, like the skin space, which beauty and yeah. all that. It's like, yeah. it's fun, you know, and it's, yeah. you, you make a woman happy with I that, know. you know. So, yeah. but yeah, no, unique words. I think I'm very big on branding and I, I like a story. And anything for IP and trademarking yes. and stuff. Little tip, <laughs> pick a unique yeah, ex- word, be exactly. a lot easier for you. Exactly. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks, Jade. Thank Appreciate you. you. Cheers. All right, there we go. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, could you please do me a quick favor and hit the follow or subscribe button? I honestly appreciate it more than you know. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.